Life Audio. Coming up on Encouragement for You, Dan Cathy talks about live, love, and lead. Then Dr. Dan Allender discusses redeeming sexuality. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Chick-fil-A CEO Dan Cathy has become a regular on this podcast because of his many years on Life Perspectives Radio with Don Hawkins. He and special guest Mike Mills joined Don to talk about one of Dan's mottos, live, love, and lead. Now, you were telling me about, we want to touch on this, and then we're going to get Mike Mills on the air with you. Mike is the manager, the operator is the term that's used, of the Chick-fil-A store there in San Antonio on Seguin Road. Uh, but you were telling me that you've introduced a concept called Live, Love, and Lead. And it sounds um, really like something similar to Second Mile Service, but maybe in a little bit different direction. Well, Don, this is something we've had on our mind for, for some time. Uh, talking about the opportunity to impact customers' lives. And uh, I received a statistic about a year and a half ago that someone reminded me, Dan, you know, we're serving 7 to 10 million customers a week in our Chick-fil-A restaurants. We are uh, almost uh, have almost 1,500 locations now in 37 states. You know, 7 million people. I mean, my goodness, a lot. What an opportunity to impact the lives of these people. And they're eating with us, and the loyalty rates are continuing to grow. And so we begin to think about what kind of events might we do for our customers uh, that we've been mm-hmm. doing for years and years for our Chick-fil-A restaurant operators and our corporate staff uh, that we might do to encourage them to, uh, to have a more fulfilling life. And so we put together this concept. We looked across the landscape of the kind of content and programming that we've been uh, have been so meaningful to our staff and our restaurant operators, and we kind of packaged it up in this little program called 
live, love, and lead. It simply says, Don, that live means we need to take care of ourselves. We need to get the sleep that we need, eat appropriately, get exercise, uh, get the rest that we need. So take care of yourself, number one. Number two is uh, take care of your love. Take care of those personal, uh, particularly husband-wife relationships. And uh, let's give attention to our spouses, taking care of them as we should. And then number three, once we've taken care of ourselves and we're taking care of our marriage relationships and those intimate personal relationships, then we're in a position to influence other people in a positive way and encourage them. It's what we call lead. And so we had a wonderful time. We were the, uh, hosted by the Vineyard Church. We had over 1,500 people that were in attendance there, a big mega church in Cincinnati. And then right across the river in Florence, Kentucky, we did the same program uh, on Thursday night. And between those two, we had over 3,000 Chick-fil-A customers uh, that, that were able to uh, participate in that program. But the idea of a business, a corporation, talking to customers about what's going on in their personal life, encouraging their marriage, and to live responsibly and know that uh, there's a God in heaven that loves them. What a privilege we have mm. in business to share such a positive message. Now, we have somebody waiting to tell his story, and we want to find out the story of Mike Mills and how God is directed in his life and how he wound up working with Chick-fil-A. Mike? Well, um, I began uh, working with Chick-fil-A when I was 15 in uh, Heartland Mall in Brownwood, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was my first and only job. Uh, I worked there through high school and uh, moved to uh, Lubbock, Texas to go to Texas Tech University and transferred to a store up there. Uh, loved, you know, loved it from the beginning and uh, decided I wanted to pursue being an operator. Um, I got my degree in restaurant and hotel management. Um, when I graduated, spent a year uh, helping do grand openings and then uh, entered our interim manager program and uh, ran a store in Odessa, Texas for uh, about a year and a half and then came out to San Antonio where uh, I had my first store as an operator. It was uh, South Park Mall. I've ran it. I've been there for about two and a half years, and then uh, Chick-fil-A's given me this great opportunity here at Seguin Road. Well, this is exciting, Dan, to hear how uh, God's uh, directed the steps as, as uh, Mike has made his way from uh, working as a teenager. This really has been the hallmark of our, our organization, Don, to be honest with you, is this idea of being able to develop young people yeah. who come on board with us when they're 16 and 17 years old, and we give uh, a, a tremendous training experience for them and a very wholesome, positive atmosphere for them to work in, and, and many of them thought never would have considered a fast food as a restaurant, uh, as a career choice. But after they get involved with us and they have opportunity to meet other of our Chick-fil-A restaurant operators and their family members, they say, well, gosh, this looks like an incredible opportunity, and it certainly is. In fact, Don, we just got the statistics. Last year we had 25,000 applicants, hmm. and out of those 25,000 applicants to either be on our corporate staff and the vast majority of those to be Chick-fil-A restaurant operators, out of that 25,000, we had to find the 100. We only selected 100 mm. out of 25,000. Wow. So uh, that kind of tells you the the, uh, the statue here of Mike. And, uh, and I was going to say, that puts Mike, in, yeah, puts Mike in rarefied air. In other words, he, he is really uh, the cream of the crop, you might say. Yeah, he's in that uh, lucky 1% club there. 
And Mike, how many people do you have on your team there? We have 70 on our team. Wow. Very excited. Yeah, that, that is so neat. How, how many Chick-fil-A stores in the San Antonio area? We have, this will be the 18th store. 18 stores. So a lot of folks there in, in South Texas and the San Antonio area. And, Dan, I suspect up in Austin you probably have quite a few as well. Austin is a great market for us. We have actually, I think, more restaurants in Texas than any other state in the Union. So uh, it's a great, great state, and a lot of people love Chick-fil-A out here. We've been out here a long time. I made my first trip to Houston Back uh, in the in the mid '60s, when we opened up the Houston Astrodome, and before we even opened up any of our freestanding and most of our mall locations, we uh, served Chick Fil A at the Astrodome back in the mid '60s, and it uh, it's just been a great great state for us. Outstanding. Let's take some phone calls. Rachel, we're glad you phoned in. Hi, thanks for taking my call. And I actually had a question because I've been thinking about it that y'all always talk about Chick-fil-A, and I know that they are a Christian organization. And it seems that most corporations and most companies today, when it comes to setting their prices, it's kind of just based upon every single penny that we can squeeze out of the consumer. And I was wondering, as a Christian organization, if there were any biblical principles you went by that once you figure up the money that you have to make to cover um, your payroll and all your other expenses, is there an amount then that you've set that you believe to be a fair amount for a profit? And yes, that's so, a great... if there was the biblical principles on that. Great that's question. a great question, Rachel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for businesses to be successful for the long haul, you really can't approach it from the standpoint, what can we, you know, what can we, what's the maximum amount we can charge for our customers, for our, for our products? We actually work the other way around. We actually work off our cost, and the cost that we have to make the investment for the real estate and the building and then the cost that we have for uh, chicken and, and sugar that goes in our sweet tea and all, and then the labor cost that we have as well, and we kind of work up from there. And uh, we're, we're looking for the kind of the sweet spot of what what's going to give us a return on our investment so that we can continue to grow more restaurants and open more restaurants and also a good return that will help us attract and provide an income opportunity for a restaurant operator so that we can attract really, really sharp people like Mike Mills to be restaurant operators. And what we've seen over the time, that if we'll minimize and, and keep our prices low uh, and, and affordable for as many as people as possible, we generate sales volumes that are so high that um, it's the envy of the industry, and it just simply works for us. So... When we have a price increase, a cost increase on chicken or the cost of syrup from Coca-Cola or whatever it might be, I can assure you we first look, what can we do to, to, you know, to, to save cost on the inside before we pass those on? It's very reluctantly we have to make price adjustments. We recently had one this year uh, back in June for a wage and hour because the national wage and hour minimum wage went up nationally, and we had to make a slight adjustment. I think it was about a 3% menu price change for that. Well, that's a very helpful in, insight, and I think for anybody who's in business, a very good thing to know. Rachel, we're glad to hear from you. To let us pray for you, okay? Oh, thank you. Lord, thank you for Rachel. I pray that you would guide her, Lord, as she seeks to honor you with uh, her work responsibilities, and thank you for the good question that she's asked us. May she be encouraged as well by her program. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll be back with more after a brief word from our sponsors. And don't forget to listen for Dawn's live weekend talk show, Encouragement Live. 
Heard Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio and other radio stations around the country, as well as on the worshipchannel.org. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. today seems to have done everything it can to distort and destroy biblical sexuality. In this next segment of Encouragement for You, Christian therapist and author Dr. Dan Allender joins host Don Hawkins to talk about redeeming sexuality. Sexuality is an issue that scripture addresses. Sometimes uh, it is viewed uh, skeptically or even as controversially uh, from the standpoint of the Christian community. Uh, and yet, Dan, as you've pointed out and as we've uh, alluded to, uh, God is the one who created us male and female, and so sexuality needs to be viewed from that point of view. Absolutely. We know two things already from the beginning, and that is God made us male and female, not only anatomically different, but in many ways he crafted a male to be different than a woman, and a woman different than a male. And in that sense, he crafted us so that in our union, both literally, sexually, but also in the way we relate with intimacy, we are meant to reveal the fullness of what it means to be made in the image of God. A man can't fully reveal, a woman can't fully reveal, unless they're in a kind of relationship where there is that interplay, that kind of of engagement where the fullness of God's character is known. We know that. Second, we also know that evil hates God's plan for all of his glory, which means evil hates sex and is absolutely in every regard working to defile and deface our sexuality so that we bear shame. We bear either permissiveness or prudery, a kind of hatred of or misuse of our bodies 
in a way that leads not to life but to death. Uh, and Dan, one of the ways that uh, tragically our society, our world, uh, has distorted God's perspective on sexuality is through sexual abuse. You wrote about this in the book The Wounded Heart, uh, which uh, since it came out has had uh, just a significant impact on so many victims of sexual abuse. Talk about how widespread this is. It's, it's probably a lot more widespread than we think it is. Well, we know without any question, Don, that one out of every three women have a history of some form of sexual violation, one out of every four men. Again, we're talking about numbers that are not extreme. They're simply viewed from the field as very conservative. In fact, the figures in terms of opening the door to considering the misuse of pornography in the presence of a child, a child being allowed to be uh, in access of pornographic magazines or videos or TV shows or movies, um, is that sexual? Yes. Is it appropriate for a child to be immersed in or in touch with that kind of material? Of course not. But the world would not even consider most misuse in that regard as sexual abuse. So if you simply add the larger realm of sexual violation, really we're looking at staggering numbers of people. But if we step back and go... What is evil's plan for every single person on the earth? Fundamentally, that they will hate their gender and not use their body and soul for the service of the glory of God. And one of the great ways that evil works that is through promiscuity, through abuse, through pornography. I mean, you can just start the long list, including perversion, uh, jokes, remarks, uh, a kind of of diabolical twisting of God's design so that it always looks bent, broken, and shameful. That's, that's evil's plan. And, and yet there is a, a way in which God wants sexuality redeemed. And uh, Dan, let's cut to the heart of this issue of redeeming. How does God go about redeeming sexuality, and what role do we play in that? Well, Don, as odd as it may sound, you really don't know and won't know the good news, unless you're willing to enter into the bad news. Hmm. And many, many times we want to minimize the bad news by accentuating the good news. And yet the very contrast is what makes the gospel so overwhelmingly good news. So one of the things we'll do is we'll spend a good portion of time talking about evil's plan of defilement and defacement, what it's doing to cheapen and to distort. Yet in that, here's the glory of the gospel. It's in brokenness that God brings restoration. It's in the midst of facing our our guilt, our shame, our fear, our hatred, our confusion. It's in many ways entering the bad news that sets the context for beginning to hear how God loves sex, how he blesses our sexuality, how he's unashamed even of our own brokenness and enters our brokenness for the sake of bringing both his pleasure and his delight to our bodies, to our souls. So we make too deep a differentiation. We make too deep a difference of body and soul. Yes, is there a body? Of course. A soul, yes. And yet they're so profoundly woven together that indeed you can virtually not tell the difference between one and the other. 
if that's true, then when God blesses us, he's blessing our body and our body's experience of sensuality and opening the door for us to be able to grieve the loss, but also to bless our own body's experience of what God designed and designs us for sexually. And, and Dan, it seems to me, again, as you've pointed out, it's important to underscore the fact that if you do not come face-to-face with your own brokenness, and that could be facing your abuse and breaking through denial, you will not experience the redemption in this area. Well, it, we know this is true of every one of us, to some degree. And that is, we, we have been harmed. People have harmed us. And if we will not own up to the fact that when your, your uh, uncle walked in on you when you were showering, that may seem very minor uh, compared to all the other harm you've suffered, perhaps utterly insignificant. Nonetheless, any violation is a harm against our body and our soul. Hmm. Uh, we must learn to compare our life experience to Eden not to our next-door neighbor who had even greater suffering than we did. So when we compare our lives to others, we have already made a tragic miscalculation. It's bad theology. We are always meant to compare our life to what would life been like in Eden. Would there have been an uncle walking in on me while I was showering? Not in Eden, and therefore, is there damage? Absolutely, yes. The second thing we know to be true is that we all have harmed others in some way. Our harm may not be as obvious as something tragic like abuse, but yet our misuse of our body is always a misuse of other people in our worlds. Uh, An adolescent who's experimenting sexually um, breaks the heart of parents. I mean, the the ramifications, the, the, the one stone that, that's thrown into the water has always a ripple effect against and over people's lives. So this is where we need to step in and have such a clearer picture of what evil's design is so that we know how to stand against the schemes of the evil one. Certainly that promise that when we stand against evil, evil flees. But we need to know its traps, its schemes, its means, And once we have a better idea of that, we're so much better at being able to stop it from escalating either from being a victim or being a perpetrator of sexual harm of someone else. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at EncouragementLive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and LifeAudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers. Production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You.
I found myself on a ledge, three stories high, at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yates. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend. In my new podcast, Billy and the Goat, I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.